You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 349. I'm your host, Andreas Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Annika Harrison and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Hello. Hey, son. Hey, son. How are you? Well, Don't I shouldn't ask about it. <laughs> I shouldn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just had a tasty rice burger. So. Oh, really? Oh, good. Very rice good. Very burger. Good. <laughs> nice. Not I'm, really. <laughs> I'm sure that will be a, a big hit in the future. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, we may regret that invention uh, several times. <laughs> But I had a laugh. I had a big laugh about about the photo that yeah. <laughs> of yeah, my last one. episode. Speaking of the future, everything that is old comes back. I don't know mm. if that's speaking of the future. Anyway, but okay. it, it's sort of segue. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for zombies to emerge. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis. Uh, have you heard of him? He's apparently all the rage now, according to a radio program on Swedish that's public radio. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I'm not mistaken he died in 77 yeah but that doesn't matter okay. you should uh, just listen to the story here it doesn't matter at all that he's dead have you seen the elvis movie by the way the no, new not, one? Yet. not yet no, not yet. no? <laughs> i don't know how good it is at least i saw <laughs> a um, a trailer and uh, tom hanks is always a blast he's the colonel in the film i think just for him i may see it someday but as i said everything old comes back because, of course, in this radio program where they talked about Elvis, they had to check with Elvis himself uh, whether he liked the film or not. Mm, okay. Yeah, so uh, they contacted a psychic medium called Susan. And Susan had no problems getting in touch with Elvis. I guess they speak on a daily basis. She, <laughs> recorded, she reported back that Elvis does hate the movie and he <laughs> thinks it's uh, quote-unquote garbage. So uh, now we know Aww. what Elvis thinks. Yeah. That's not nice. <laughs> uh, didn't say anything about Tom Hanks, though. <laughs> Isn't it silly? I mean, public Swedish radio still contacting uh, psychic mediums. What the hell is going on? I think that's well, pathetic. Well, it could, still could be worse. Imagine authorities like uh, like the police for, for a police investigation contacting psychic mediums. Mm. Yeah, I guess. That would be worse. That because would this be is, worse. This is basically entertainment. That would be much more serious, right? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of serious stuff, mm -hmm. what do you think of the shit show that's happening in the UK? Yeah, well, I I'm having a good lettuce now. There's, there's <laughs> nothing serious about it, Tatras. Like, you can't take it serious. It's oh my, just but a farce. The, the problem is serious. I mean, yeah. I mean come on. 44 fucking days in office and still being able to pull off the task of leaving the country in a worse shape than it was 44 <laughs> days before. Yeah, some kind it's of record, must be. Serious talent. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I, you know what they're doing? It's, it looks to me the way that the British and, and especially cons the Conservative Party, so the Tories, because it's, yeah, let's be clear on that. There has not been general elections for a long, long time, they're just changing government without calling an election. The conservatives, the way they do this is exactly the way that a toddler plays with the activity cube. 
Oh, yeah. You know, when they, they try mm-hmm. to fit in the, the, the right shape, and if it doesn't work, let's try again. Try it with another one. <laughs> and this is exactly how seriously they take the task of finding the right government for the country that can lead it out of this mess. And it's ridiculous. Mm. So Liz Truss has definitely made a name for herself, but not for being anything positive, <laughs> but uh, just tossing the country further down in the abyss. So it's it's terrible. So w- which country are we planning to go to? Um, <laughs> that same country. Soon? I mean, Let's we can't not. make it worse, can we? <laughs> yeah, we cannot. We can definitely. I could, if I were to go in my current shape, I would probably be able True. to do something about that. <laughs> Speaking of which, I may or may not be able to attend QED this year. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of this fucking so, COVID. We're recording this a little bit earlier in advance, people. Yes. So there's still a chance that you will recover in time. Yeah. By the time this goes out, it will have we will already know. be found <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> but please, if you see us at QED, come up and say hello. We would love to meet everybody. And uh, it's we're just going to be so much fun. I hope you can make it, Anders. So do I. So do I. If not, I'm going to be so pissed off. But I cannot do anything about it. Yeah, it's out of your control. Exactly. You can just pray. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Yeah. Or and not. I want to be, and I want to be a responsible person and uh, not put anyone at risk just because I cannot stay home wanting too much to be there. So first, I have a lot of um, getting better to do. Yes. But we can still do an online recording of an episode. So uh, we have a couple of things. And uh, I'm really hoping that I will be in good enough shape to go to Australia towards the end of the year. As we have mentioned on several occasions on this show, we have been invited to the Australian Skeptics National Convention 2022, which will be held in Canberra. And we invited Kevin Davis from Canberra Skeptics to talk (laughs) a little bit more about that. And here with us to talk about the Australian Skeptics National Convention 2022 is Kevin Davis from Canberra Skeptics. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, how are you all going there? Great. Good to have you with us, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we're really looking forward to meeting you in person as well, because uh, you guys were kind enough to invite us to the convention, which we are very (laughs) grateful for. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, we're uh, delighted to have all three of you and Claire come down. It's going to be a very, very great show. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this all year now. So yes. I guess you have been yes. busy preparing a lot of stuff. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about the, the actual convention and what we can expect from it? Well, the convention will be held from the 3rd to the 4th of December at the National Library of Australia. The theme is... Science and Scepticism in a Changed World. And I think we can all agree that the world has changed a great deal in a very, very short space of time. Yeah. We live in a world where Shakira's hips don't lie, but her tax returns certainly do. (laughs) (laughs) The jury hasn't decided yet, so her tax returns 
may not lie. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the change that the world has gone through in a very short period of time, we are obviously referring to COVID, the, the war, and, and, and things like that. Yes. Uh, what happened to the convention during that, that period? Because is this a yearly or a, or a biannual convention? It's, it's, uh, it is yearly. So the last two years they've had to do it online. So this is the first one we've done in person, but it is also possible to watch it via live streaming. So it's a hybrid. And there, there's going to be, yeah, uh, and the hybrid not only in the sense that uh, people can follow both ways, but there will be contributions from speakers as well online. Yes, yes. We have, in addition to the four of you, including Claire coming down, We've got uh, Brian Dunning and Steve Novella coming to do a live stream talk from the US. But we also have two Australians who will be doing live streamed talks, which mm -hmm. is great because we get top quality speakers who may not have the time or ability to come down to Canberra on that specific day. So mm -hmm. the technology is there, so you might as well use it. Exactly. Like I think that's also something that we learned out of the pandemic is yes. that we can do hybrids. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, we are very honored to to be among such a great lineup of speakers. Um, yes. So Who's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen Novella is always fantastic to listen to, of course. Yeah, yeah probably. Stephen Novella is probably a role model for a lot of yes. skeptics out there. So, uh, and uh, having met him in person once, yeah, that was yeah. an amazing experience. But there are others. We just talked uh, the other day about how excited we are about going to Canberra because we will have the opportunity to meet other people, like heroes of ours, like Richard Saunders. Kevin I, Davis. I'm whole Kevin <laughs> Davis as well, of course. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Carl will be there? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, he's not a speaker. Um, it'd be great if he can come, but you may get the chance to meet him at some okay. point. Okay. Uh, what about Maynard? Hopefully, hopefully. Um, but yes, we haven't gotten confirmation from him either. But we do have a really, really great lineup of speakers from a lot of different topics, which is good. We've got mm -hmm. national yeah. security science history um, and people who've done work on gmos mm -hmm. so a real real breadth of interesting talks yeah obviously the names that came to my mind were only the names that that are yeah. well known in the international community but obviously you have your people who are doing amazing jobs in, yes. in skeptical activism and uh, not necessarily known outside of australia yeah Yes, some of them are, are just scientists and authors and historians and one retired major general, so not normal parts of the sceptical community, but they still have very interesting talks that will make for a great convention, and I hope to see as many people there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we're very excited. <laughs> yeah. what, what is the expected turnout? It's really hard to tell. The venue can accommodate quite, uh, nearly 300 people, but okay. a lot of people, and I don't know if it's been the case with the European Skeptical Conventions, I think people are still a bit hesitant. You can't say go back to the way things were because we're never going to go back to the way things were, but yeah. adjusting to the, the new world that we live in. Yeah. So that's, why, that's one of the reasons why the live streaming is there is to give people another avenue to participate and watch all these great talks. Even if they can't or uh, a little 
hesitant about attending the the in-person event. But it's a great venue. The National Library is a very, very good venue. Yeah, it looks very impressive on the pictures I've seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the, yes. On, on the pictures, unfortunately, it's still recovering from uh, hail damage that we got in 2020. Oh, really? So, Ooh. yes. Very early January 2020. So just after the major bushfires, uh, there was a huge hailstorm in Canberra. And wow. a lot of places got badly hit and then with the pandemic, well, that made just getting repairs even harder. Yeah. So well, it is a great venue. The yeah, the theatre is perfect for what we need. As always, the, everything in Australia seems to be out to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and the area in which where the convention is taking place is really, really fantastic. So right next door to the National Library is Questacon, so a big science communication theatre, um, entertainment venue, which is a lot of fun. I've been there many times. You've also got the National Portrait Gallery, the High Court of Australia, and the National Gallery just on one strip. So by Lake Burley Griffin, which is so. So yeah, it's a great venue. It'll be a very, very good show. Great, great. Of course, we're also looking forward to uh, going to other places before we. Get, so Canberra yes. will be the the yeah. finale of yes. this uh, tour that we're doing. We so we're going to Sydney first, and yeah. then Melbourne, Gold Coast, yes. and then yes. Canberra. We're looking forward to meeting people who may not be able to join the actual convention as well. Yes, and I'm sure those will be great events too. Um, mm. I know you all have a good time. I know two of you, Andres and Annika, you're, you've both been to Australia, and Annika, with your connections, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but this is your first time, Pontus? It is my first time, hopefully not my last. So uh, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of people. Some people I have met in Europe and in the other yes. places, but... Some people like Richard Saunders, Maynard. I've yes. spoken to them several times, but I've never actually met yes. them in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, we should and, just and be it... careful of drop bears, I guess. <laughs> yes, I'm very worried about those. <laughs> yes. and, and my visit to Australia was 23 years ago. And I was wow. I was like 17 years of age. So I, I was so That's excited. Right. I, I can't wait to see how much I do remember when, I, when I'm there. <laughs> so uh, especially in Canberra, because I, I attended an um, international space call. Okay. It was like a summer camp for space enthusiasts. And, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, we oh, visited wow. Aspiring astronaut. Oh, yeah, that was an astronaut. Did you go to Tibindilla? Yeah. Yes, we did. We did. Uh, actually, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, that's cool. it was that's a really real cool place. Yes, and uh, we went out to look for uh, open skies. It was oh, in July, nice. so it was during the, the winter. So we had to drive oh. a lot from the city to to find some mm. some night sky. And there was so it was so clear that is yes. still yes. still the clearest skies I've ever seen up there. And I, I had been preparing for, for weeks beforehand using star maps to try wow. to find my way around the southern sky. But there were so many stars that I could see and so yes. many objects in the sky that I couldn't make a- any sense of it. So, But it was amazing and beautiful. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to, yeah. to be able to see something like that again. Yeah, Canberra yeah. is very fortunate with the uh, scientific knowledge and people it, just in this one mm. city. It's just the ability for you to go to site of any events, like particularly with the universities. I went to the Australian National University 
And so you get to go to all these wonderful, wonderful talks by mm. not just famous scientists. I mean, the VC there is uh, Professor Brian Schmidt, so the Nobel laureate. And I got to see him today again. Oh. I went to an AMU function and he was there. But just the, the caliber of the people you, you get to meet from across any academic discipline or just any, anywhere in general, it's, that's, that's something about Canberra that I really, really like, is, is the, right. just the, 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 the intellectual, the science events that are on, the history events that are on. There's always something you can go to to learn about something really new. Yeah. So hopefully we won't bring the IQ level down by visiting. <laughs> so if, if people want to go and buy tickets, where should they look? So the website is www.skepticon.org.au. Okay. And I'm looking yes. at it right now. You can see all the information yes. you need there. Get yes. tickets. It's yes. on, on the top. That's the way you want to click. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> if, you, if you can't make it down to Australia from Europe, uh, yes, we understand. But uh, please, if you can, join via the live streaming or just help promote it throughout your skeptical channels. The more people that show up, the merrier. We're really looking forward to having the three of you and Claire. We've been talking about this a lot. There's been a lot of work getting involved, and it's hard to believe it's getting so close. It's going to be a good time. It will be a very good time. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. It will be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We can't wait to be there, and uh, we don't have to wait too long. (laughs) No, no. All right. So... um... Thank you very much for joining us today, Kevin, to talk about the Australian Skeptics National Convention. And uh, we're really looking forward to being there and seeing you in person. And to our listeners, do come along. And uh, don't forget that we still have that uh, competition going on for everyone who's catching us at all three of the international events this year. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that later. So, (laughs) Kevin, take care. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing all of you. Maybe looking forward to seeing all of you one day in Europe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love to go back. Haven't been there in a few years. See you Thank all you. very soon. Yes. All right. Bye-bye then. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. So, guys, this last couple of minutes just made me even more excited about the, the fact that we are going. Yes. Um, yes it's yes, amazing. Yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great time. I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a, we're going to be there for about two weeks or so. That's a lot of time. Can't wait. But we do have a show prepared for our listeners this week, and as usual, we will start the regular segment with Twish or this week in skeptical history. And today, I'd like to commemorate an event, not a very delightful one, because it was the death of one of the greatest astronomers that has ever lived. And that is Danish astronomer Tycho or Tycho Brahe. <laughs> Tycho I, Brahe. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how the pronunciation goes, so I think our listeners know what to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But what's important about him and his work is uh, that he was um, born in Scania, which is, I believe, in present-day Sweden, right? But it, mm-hmm. um, that's where I live. Is that is that mm-hmm. so? Knutstorp <laughs> is that Knutstorp? Yes, absolutely. Knutstorp. Okay. Been there. It's close to Malmo, then. Well, fairly close. I think maybe it's an hour's drive. 
something. Okay. So and in, an interesting thing about Brahe is that he was not only an astronomer with probably the most accurate astronomical observations of his time, but also he was dealing with astrology and alchemy, which was a big thing in his time, right? So it's uh, it's not a surprise that, that someone who's been trying to find out how the world works was into all those things as well. One of the other things about him was that he got to the service of uh, Holy Roman Emperor, and uh, that meant that he moved to Prague in the Kingdom of Bohemia, where he died in 1601. He was the Astronomer Royal up until his death to Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II. And upon his death, his assistant, who went by the name Johannes Kepler, became Astronomer Astronomer Royal. And his work is very important because because he's the colloquial giant that people often Mm. talk about when it comes to scientific progress. His observations were so accurate that Kepler who was not very much of a practical guy himself. He was more of a mathematician than a keen observer of celestial bodies. But uh, Brian was the other way around. So his observations could be used, were accurate enough that those could be used for Johannes Kepler's mathematical equations that eventually led to his laws of uh, planetary motion. That makes him a very important part of that kind of uh, scientific progress. Yeah, he was traveling a lot across Europe before he became Astronomer Royal in Prague. He was uh, also in exile. And there was one very often mentioned fact about him, and that is his artificial nose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That... (laughs) Literally talked about that yesterday. (laughs) What? I talked about his nose yesterday with someone. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. <laughs> That's okay. how famous it is. <laughs> ah. Always comes up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and so the reason why he, he had an artificial nose because he lost his nose. It was cut off during a duel. So he was not a very peaceful person in that <laughs> regard. Yeah, so it was a prosthetic nose and his figure was so much in the public eye and a lot of people especially in hindsight uh, were interested in his life and uh, activities that a lot of examinations uh, took place regarding the circumstances of his death and whether he really had an artificial nose as uh, some of his depictions showed us that went so far that he was even exhumed twice so not even in his uh, death could he rest in peace? Huh. Yeah, so he was a very important figure and an astronomer, astrologer, and alchemist, Tycho Brahe, or whatever the correct pronunciation of his name is. <laughs> and he died on the 24th of October, 1601, at the age of 54. That's go. not old. <laughs> oh, well, back then it was probably above average age. <laughs> probably, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and uh, with the commemoration of the death of uh, Tycho Brahe, I'd like to move on to something that we call Pontus Books the Pope. Right, so I haven't poked him for a couple of weeks, so it's time again, I think. 
He starts to feel lonely. <laughs> yeah, we haven't forgotten about him. So Pope Francis may seem very humble and all, conveying this very humble person, loves football or soccer for you Americans, and uh, never wants to compare himself with his predecessors. He always says they were saintly and he is not. He's just a humble sinner or, or whatever. But this doesn't mean that he doesn't take his role very seriously as a pope. A couple of weeks ago, he announced that the so-called Synod on Synodality next year will not end with the actual meeting, but it will continue into 2024 and perhaps even longer. Who knows? So what the H is a Synod on Synodality? I have to explain that, I think. A Synod is a meeting of bishops to discuss and decide an issue or an important question. And Frank's Synod on Synodality that he announced already in 2020 is going to be his legacy. That's clear now. It will clarify how he believes that Catholic Church should function, what role it should have and how important decisions shall be decided in the future. It's sort of a reform of the church, if you will. This is not the first time a pope has had these kinds of councils or synods. One very important synod like this is known as the First Vatican Council, and it happened in the 1860s. And that is famous for it because it established the dogma of papal infallibility, basically saying that if a pope issues an official ruling or an edict or something like that, it cannot be questioned by the church. So basically, the pope is not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The Second Vatican Council, or Vatican II, as it's often referred to, happened about uh, 100 years later, in the 1960s. And that has been the guideline for most policies and and the work uh, by the Church since then. And the new one, the Synod of Synodality that Frankie is organizing, will be in a way, it seems like at least, his own Vatican Council. And it's expected to replace Vatican II as the dogma or set of rules. So so this is what I meant when I referred last week to that Frank is cementing his legacy. It's very ambitious and certainly not very humble. And he certainly will not remove the infallibility doctrine. Because last year, during a visit to Slovakia, Frankie made a reference to, quote, a large Catholic television channel that has no hesitation in continually speaking ill of the Pope, end quote. He didn't like that. And the network that he was referring to, very obviously, even if he didn't mention the name, is something called EWTN, the Eternal Word Television Network. And this is an American-based cable television network, which uh, presents around-the-clock Catholic-themed programming and has been characterized as, quote, the world's largest religious media network. And he didn't like that they criticized him. He said about such criticism, quote, I personally deserve attacks and insults because I'm a sinner. So we have this humble thing. But (laughs) But then there's a but. But the church does not deserve them. They, meaning the attacks, are the work of the devil, end quote. So, criticizing the church is the work of the devil. And last, the reason I bring this up now is that last week, the Vatican Secretary of State, Cardinal Pietro Parolin, was addressing the EWTN staff, so the, this network staff, at some big meeting or other. And he reminded them that they must respect the Pope. And he said... 
This, quote, is all the more urgent today in a time marked by overly dramatic debates, also within the church, which do not even spare the person and the magisterium of the pontiff, end quote. <laughs> so, no disrespecting Frankie boys. Don't do that. <laughs> then uh, we will come after you and, and say, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. So we'll see what this synod on synodality will end up in, but uh, it, it seems to be coming a very big thing. Wow. Okay. Thanks for poking the Pope once again, Pontus. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the news. Yeah, and I want to say happy birthday because uh, not only did our friend Brian Ego had his birthday, I think, yesterday, <laughs> mm -hmm. but also as it earns blog. He published his first blog on the 14th of October 2012, which means it's now 10 years old. So, yeah, it's yeah. very prolific. I mean, I think it he is. sometimes posts a couple of things every day. So he's he, very he worked works very hard with that yes he does yeah it's like how he publishes books it's like uh, <laughs> one ev once every year he publishes something yeah yeah prolific writer yeah. i think he's really like dung, 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 just getting it all out it's really good it's mm. <laughs> amazing i'm pretty sure it's because of his mind works like that it's like like, like firing <laughs> all the time very likely not being able to rest yes yeah, and the blog, we can call it a pretty big success. He had mm -hmm. over 30 guest bloggers there, almost 3,000 posts. Wow. So that's also massive. And about 70,000 comments from readers. So we can also mm. see that there's a big uh, participation there. And it also has become a resource. I know that because I used his blog even before I uh, entered the skeptic movement, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I googled like, oh yeah, is that is that a thing? Googled it. Oh yeah, Ed Zedernes. I knew he was reliable and, and then just read what he wrote about that. So you can see that even for people that don't know him, he's still a resource and his blog is important. So it, yeah, it happy is. birthday. <laughs> well done, Ed Zod. Well done. Yeah, congratulations. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, keep going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> uh, we, do, we do use uh, his blog as a resource in the sense that um, he tends to look out for things happening all across Europe or all across the world. So sometimes it's a good source for us to find news, what's going on in France, what's going on in Switzerland, in, yeah. in, in other countries, because he keeps an eye out on those things as well. Yeah, we're not necessarily stopping there and uh, just us reporting on what he says about it and what he has to say about it. It's very important that we can, through him, we can find those uh, things happening. Exactly. Yeah, one of the countries uh, that we can rely on him for is uh, Germany. and uh, <laughs> But uh, this time it wasn't coming through his channels. I read about someone by the name Arne Schönborn. I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Arne Schönborn was, up until a couple of days ago, president of the German Federal Office for Information Security. So that's a very important job. And that is a job that comes with a lot of responsibility when it comes to cybersecurity. Obviously, the greatest threat these days is uh, disinformation spread by bots and uh, cyber attacks, mostly from Russian sources, right? You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like in Germany, there was a German comedian by the name Jan Böhmermann, 
And I don't know if you're familiar with him, Onika. Yeah, do, I, do, I am. <laughs> based on the smile on your face, you you probably like his his work. Oh, he's he's pretty prolific. He did an amazing homeopathy episode, for example. Like he's yeah, oh, he's okay. just on the good side in that regard, basically. <laughs> well, a lot a lot of comedians are. I mean, that kind of scrutiny, that that kind of criticism that they usually use works well with skepticism. Yeah. Turns out that Jan Böhmermann in a, a late satire show pointed out that Schönbaum, mind you, who's the president of the German Federal Office for Information Security, since 2016, been in charge of overseeing all this, the security related tasks for the government. But turns out that he has links to a Russian company, which is a cyber security firm based in Berlin by the name Protelion. But it was, it is a subsidiary of a Russian company that is called Infotex. And it was launched by an ex-KGB employee, very highly praised by Russian President Vladimir Putin. So uh, this is through an organization called the Cybersecurity Council Germany. And that company, Protelion, was and has been since 2020 listed as a member of this uh, organization that was headed by Schoenbaum as well. Now he's been removed from his office because even though he claims that there is not an active tie to this company and steps have been made to distance themselves from this Russian company, well, it's still not properly investigated yet. So uh, he's been removed from his office for that. It just shows you how easy it is to make a connection between someone and a Russian company and... Uh, it's a very serious issue when it comes to cybersecurity and responsibilities and the trust that the public has to have in people responsible for our security. So transparency is key. And I think the greatest mistake that he has made was uh, not making it clear what kind of association this uh, organization, this German organization, Cybersecurity Council Germany, had with this Russian company, Infotex. So I think it's a good step, but a lot of investigation will go into this case, and rightly so. Trust and transparency go hand in hand. Very mm -hmm. important, very important. Especially in a democracy. <laughs> yeah, so politicians need to be aware of that. Yeah. Speaking of democracies and politicians, we mentioned aye, the aye. political chaos in the UK at the beginning of the, the show today. But it's not only in the UK that the political situation is a mess. I'm speaking, of course, about Sweden. Hey. Mm -hmm. The criticism of SD, the Sweden Democrats, and the new government is continuing and uh, on scientific and rational grounds. So they are not scientific and rational. One area is the fight against criminality. I mentioned that before. The new government has promised harder punishments and more funds to the police. Experts within the police are now saying that's not what they need. What they need is less bureaucracy, faster results from gun and mobile phone investigations so that they can catch people quicker, and also to reform the burden of proof. And I won't get into the legal details of what they're detailing there, but, but it is, uh, it, there are other things that they want to happen, not harder punishments, won't, won't do anything. 
So the point is, you should listen to people who actually know what they're talking about instead of implementing populistic symbolic measures that do not work. Another policy that's being brought forward and investigated now by the new government is the possibility to send convicted prisoners to rented prisons abroad. So that's all part of SD's uh, plan, right? You know, if there's, mm. you have any kind of foreign connection, just deport them and let them be in the prison back home, if you will. That sounds very good to people who are xenophobic, which they are. But also here you should look at previous experience because this has been tested before. Denmark decided to do this last year and they made a deal with Kosovo. And that deal was then delayed many times due to big issues to make it work. Voices from Denmark are now warning Sweden from trying to do the same thing. And they call the Danish initiative a disaster. Didn't work. And it's now on hold because of the cost which skyrocketed. And also there are legal issues with it. You can't really do this. You have to really look into what the hell you're doing and how you treat people, even if they happen to be criminals. So uh, that didn't work well. In 2018, Norway tried the same thing as well. This time they were sending or supposed to send prisoners to the Netherlands to serve time there. Again, it was a total failure and the idea has been scrapped. Doesn't work. But politicians, they they will never listen to what experts say. (laughs) We have to make them. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. All right. And with that, I think we have covered all the news that we have prepared for this week. But we need to find out who's been really wrong lately, apart from all the above. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, again, Pontus is going to poke the politicians. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have mentioned Elsa Widding before in previous shows. She's the SD politician who does not believe in climate change and actually has a YouTube channel dedicated to that idea, to, to discredit that, that idea, I should say. <laughs> uh, now she has also demonstrated her total lack of understanding regarding vaccines. Last year, apparently, she was involved in a mail exchange claiming that the vaccines... She was claiming that the vaccines are stored in the ovaries, the spleen, and the bone marrow of the people being vaccinated. Totally uh, bonkers. She has also claimed that vaccines can be transmitted, quote-unquote, from person to person if you have sex. So I hope nobody has sex with her then. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, Italian doctor... Yeah, who claimed to do that? Yeah, but it, he used it as a positive thing, right? Yes, well, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Okay, yes. don't do that yeah. either, people. Don't do that. So when she was confronted by these older claims by a journalist the other day, Elsa Wedding said, and I kid you not, quote: "Do you think that it, meaning the vaccine, stays in your arm, or do you think it doesn't? I just want to know if you think it does." Because that's what we were told from the beginning. And I'm not so sure that it stays in the arm. When I was vaccinated, I was told it would stay in the arm. Then it turned out that it probably doesn't stay in the arm. But there are many people in Sweden who still say that it stays in the arm. It's obviously important that we know what the situation is with that. Does it stay in the arm or does it move on? Does she understand basic human circulation? (laughs) She has no idea what she's talking about. And actually, she is right. Elsa, you're right. 
the vaccine does not stay in your arm. It doesn't <laughs> stay anywhere. <laughs> the purpose of a vaccine is to teach the immune system to recognize what the virus looks like. And then the vaccine is no longer in the body. It disappears after a couple of days. So Elsa, you're an idiot. And now you are an idiot with a really wrong award. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, that's very well deserved. <laughs> so with that, I think we're about to conclude the show. But before we go, we need a quote. Yeah. And who else should have today's quote than our beloved and admired Edzard Ernst? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And in A Scientist in Wonderland, one of his first books, or earlier books, he wrote, and now comes the quote, <laughs> Slowly but surely, I became resigned to the fact that, for some alternative medicine zealots, no amount of explanation would ever suffice. To them, alternative medicine seemed to have mutated into a religion, a cult, whose central creed must be defended at all costs against the infidel. Mm, that's very true. I mean, a lot of these beliefs are almost yeah. religious. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> that's why it fits so well <laughs> mm -hmm. to this mm -hmm. episode. Okay, and that really concludes our show for this week. And for next week, we are planning to release what we record at QED 2022. Uh, we, will, we will see how it goes. And I'm really hoping that I can take part in that. Let's see how it goes. But anyhow, thanks very much, Annika and Pontus, for today's show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Uh, many thanks to our listeners as well for tuning in. Please keep doing so. And until next week, goodbye. Tschüss. Hello. Wislat. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe Probably the most accurate... Fuck me. So, yeah. With that out of the way... No, it's not. It's not how we put it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, and the person who should have said... Well, well deserved. deserved. Just stood up and left. Yep. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we missed you, Annika. Where Sorry. are you? Yeah. Uh, the door ring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall I still say my well deserved? Y yes, you, you <laughs> yes, are. Please. You should. Yeah, that's very well deserved.
What? <laughs> what did she say? I'm done. <laughs> That's right. No, but it so- was it was Luna who said something in the background. And Luna said something in the background. <laughs> now she's barking. Dude. What? What's that? <laughs> barking. Where is that? She looks very skeptical. <laughs> There's a smile. Ponto. Pontus, genau. Und wer ist das da? Genau. Mama. Und die Mama, genau. Die Mama ist auch dabei. Und wer ist das? Luna. Luna, genau. 